All right. All right. Welcome to the Greater Impact Podcast Series. This is episode six. Um, I have the pleasure of speaking with Craig today. And uh, this podcast going over entrepreneurship, business, real estate, making a greater impact, purpose, and much more. So, Craig, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Craig Person. I'm a former resident of California, moved to Michigan, and own a real estate company. Um, I have a lot of investment properties, and I also own a media company. So I, I do a lot of different things. Awesome. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, let's start out in the beginning, you know, uh, kind of making your whole life story in the nutshell. Let's not take too long on that. But if you want to go from like, how did we get, you know, where you're at today? Well, um, I'm in a little town uh, called Muskegon, Michigan. And uh, Michigan was bleeding out jobs, uh, uh, in the, you know, around the 2008 timeframe. Uh, just jobs were going away. People were leaving the state. Uh, cities were depopulating. Uh, Detroit went from 3 million people to 700,000 people. And so um, when people leave, there's opportunity to look at uh, all sorts of things, including real estate. And I happened to come at just the right time and started looking at uh, places in the country where I could buy real estate a lot cheaper than I could back in California. And I discovered a, this little city called Muskegon, Michigan, which brought me here. So um, I thought maybe I would just come and play for a little while and stay here uh, a couple of weeks or a few months, buy a few investment properties and go back to California. But I kind of decided to stay a little longer, maybe a year or so. Here it is nine years later. <laughs> So I'm here in Michigan now doing real estate and also uh, decided to uh, to start a media company as well. Love it. Love it, man. That's awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm sure, you know, I, I was just in Michigan first time on the East coast. In fact, for me, right. Uh, in, uh, Detroit, I flew to Detroit, uh, which was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I wish, I wish it was a little bit warmer. I could have checked it out a little bit more, but I checked it out for about a day or so. And then, um, Obviously, my my execution certification course was in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, right. but for me, what where is Muskeet? Muskeet. If you ever get on the freeway, there's there's two signs. If you're going west, it says Muskegon. If you're going east, it says Detroit. Right, and they're literally on the opposite sides of the state. So, um, if okay. you're in Lansing, you would jump on the 96, which is the main. <laughs> two lane freeway on one side and two lane on the other. Yeah. Uh, not like California traffic and it heads west. And when you end at the lake, that's where Muskegon's at. There's no, right. so, can't go further than that. So it's like the west, west part of Michigan. Yes. It's the west side of Michigan. Awesome. How, what's the population there? It's about 36,000 people that live here in this little city. Um, and we've got billions and billions of dollars of, of new investment coming in. They're constructing resorts and marinas and doing high-tech developments. And it's it's positioned to become the little Silicon Valley of West Michigan um, because there's so many cool things that people don't know about. Uh, the Perseverance rover that's on Mars right now, those bearings and part of this assembly was built right here in Muskegon, Michigan. It used to be more millionaires per capita in this, this city than any other place in the country. And so it had that long tradition of commerce and everything, and it just imploded economically. And now it's the fast, one of the fastest recovering economic zones in the entire state of Michigan right now. Wow. So I landed in the right place, and I, and I couldn't have imagined doing that. I just, I kind of just 
threw a dart and wherever I landed, ended up landing in Muskegon of all places. It's awesome. It's fire. Um, cool, man. So what, what did you do before you, uh, like in California, what, what are the different, uh, professions, uh, or jobs or businesses did you do when you're in California? Did I, did I, do? I was a global risk management, uh, manager for a, uh, manufacturing company, electronics manufacturing company, mm-hmm. which, uh, they had a presence in almost every continent and all over the place from Ukraine, which is now war, to, uh, all, you know, Eastern Europe and Romania and all of Europe. And, and so it took me to Sweden and France and, you know, I have a presence in India. So they do contract manufacturing for other companies, right? So if, if you're using a cell phone, they may have manufactured it. And I did risk management, which means I would go in and look for both uh, IT risk, people coming in and being able to do something inappropriate with data, collect it, you know, ha- hack into the, our systems from internal problems, uh, people doing that to um, to uh, financial risks that, that are associated with that. So, so I had a big... Uh, footprint in the company that I had to work with and to mitigate risk mm-hmm. um, just kind it kind of affected my real estate investing because um, I'll give you an, just a really quick example and I'll let you jump back to your question yeah. um, when I moved here I bought a four unit apartment building and I'm going to tell you how um, I did it for five thousand uh, dollars a friend of mine bought a four unit apartment building in South San Francisco for about four million dollars Imagine the difference in down payment. <laughs> My down payment was the whole thing. It was the price of a used car. That building is probably worth uh, upwards of $500,000 now. So I went from $5,000 to half a million dollars in value and, mm-hmm. and in equity. And it's full equity. So I don't owe it. I, I don't have any bills associated with it. All the rehab work costs about 140K to get it all done. That left a huge impression on me. Maybe I should stick around a little. <laughs> and I'm cash flowing more than my friend is after he's done servicing his loan in South Francisco. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're talking about, uh, you know, just a little bit, cause I have a lot of real estate agents. I just got off a execution call with a real estate agent right before that was yep. an execution call with a mortgage loan officer. So a lot of mortgage loan officers, a lot of real estate agents or aspiring people to get into real estate investing are going to be watching this. Um, to kind of break down what you just said, how it's processing in my head is $5,000 down. You own the property. Now it's a fourplex, right? So four people can pay rent for it. Right. And then, so because there is, you're not financing it, you're not paying a, a loan on it. Um, whatever, whatever they pay is pretty much in your pocket. Right. Um, right. And then the person in San Francisco four mil, Right. And they got to finance a lot of that. The rent's way more expensive. Those people are paying a lot more to live there in San Francisco, but because they have to pay that, that loan, the, the profit isn't as even as much as your full take home in Michigan. Right. No, but you're also talking about this massive down payment. Yeah. Right. So that locks up whatever free cash you have that same money spent here in Michigan goes a lot further. Mm -hmm. And there is, and you know, have you have you noticed all the bad weather that's going on on the West Coast and everywhere in the country right now? It's just the weather is extreme and people are getting kind of surprised by it. Um, along with all the things we've been through, COVID and everything else, 
people are, are starting to realize being shut in a small apartment and paying, you know, four or $5,000 a month for a tiny apartment with no yard uh, on top of people with no parking out front uh, is different than owning your property free and clear and, and in taking your excess money and buying a few investment properties. And all of a sudden you can live off of that and run your own business. And a lot of people want to start pursuing their dreams these days. COVID made, made people realize I'm, I'm giving all my talents away to big corporations. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of those people, by the way, that, that yeah. had that raising. Mm-hmm. So, so they're looking for an affordable place that's developing where they can plant their seed or they can pay less taxes, where they can, um, you know, look to see their investment immediately start profiting. The return on the investment on my building is about 140K with the rehab and the purchase of the building altogether, which I funded with cash. So, um, so it's about a two and a half year return on my investment to get a hundred percent back. It's awesome. Which is not bad. Not yeah. bad. Yeah, for sure, man. And, um, were, were you born in, uh, the Silicon Valley? I was born in LA. LA. And then, uh, when my, uh, my dad moved up there when I was two years old and I've lived my whole life from two years old onward until I moved here in 2014. Michigan. And uh, I lived in San Jose for, as you know, for about two, two and a half years. I lived in LA for a year or two. Um, Plan on moving back. I know you're going to be like, man, don't, but uh, plan on moving back. No, I wouldn't say that at all. I, I, my heart's still there. You know, my heart is really still there in San Jose. Yeah. I I understand the process um, of where you're coming from. Um, And I, I mean, as you age too, your priorities become different. Right. And so when you're um, you know, when you're thinking about retirement or chasing your dreams or, you know, all this, it might make more sense versus when you're younger and you're chasing, um, opportunities or, or, you know, different things. You're not necessarily thinking about the, those different things, uh, that kind of probably plays a role why you stayed in California as long as you did. And, and then when you got older and you saw the opportunities, um, that's, would you, would you say that played a factor in like how, like how you went about, making decisions yeah well a it's not only age you also have to add in what it was like when i was perhaps your age right yeah. they didn't have social media they didn't have zoom we're on zoom right now right yeah. how would we do this in the past right we'd have to be in a big studio and have satellites involved it would be almost unaffordable for yeah. you and i to do this so now we have chat gpt we have all this automation you can live anywhere you can be in anything, right? Mm-hmm. If you plug into technology and figure out what you want to be, there are 22-year-old kids right now traveling the world, making a million dollars a month doing silly TikTok-style videos, right? So that's not how I grew up. I had to learn how to write programs out of a book. What's that, <laughs> right? Yeah. There, was no, there was no YouTube to show you and explain how to put out rhythms together, how to, how to write code and all that stuff. I literally had to read out a book and imagine and abstract mm-hmm. all these uh, kind of cool things I was doing because I also used to write software as well, right? And manage software development teams in Silicon Valley. So I had to do that out of books. That's no longer the only way you can learn something. And we no longer have to be within uh, driving distance of our jobs. You can live in Costa Rica and have a job in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. You can have a side job of social media doing something that you're passionate about and that you can connect with 
that can generate a lot of income, maybe even more income than your base job that you're doing at home, and you can do it on your spare time. None of that was available when I was a kid. Your yeah. Age. So for all of you guys watching, what are you doing if you're just, just working a job, not taking advantage of the opportunities? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of uh, having a online space and uh, building your brand. Even if you work a job, building your brand is huge. Um for sure, and especially if you want to pursue and and some sort of passion or purpose that's beyond your uh, nine to five. You guys work nine to five, and then also for business owners, I mean, you could talk about it a little bit because you you obviously uh, own a digital marketing company. Um, the importance of like somebody who owns a business, like how they should be utilizing and uh, their social media and media and all that. Um, to build their business. You want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Well, the reason I started a social media company, I, I started during COVID. Now, a lot, I keep hearing and running, especially right here where the economy had become stagnant for a while. Uh, young people didn't have anything to do and anywhere to go. It's not like California where you can go on a Monday night, you can find something fun to get into, right? It's dead here, right? So people are finding without money and stuff like that, it becomes kind of like they want to move. That's why we've been depopulating. But what happened during COVID is people reconnected with, with their passion. A job takes that away, makes you what they want you to be. But when you're able to think about, well, maybe I should do that crazy idea I was just thinking about yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, I see a lot of resurgence of all that happening. Um, you have to forgive me, um, I'm 58. So I just forgot your full breath My of question. question. Can you ask it? Yeah. So uh, the importance, <laughs> the importance of building your social media brand or marketing yourself you. online for your business. Thank you. So the reason that I decided to do this is about six blocks away from now, I'm in a neighborhood that was uh, suffering and, and stagnant for a long time. And about six blocks away from me is one of the biggest lakes in Michigan. We have about 604,000 square miles of fresh water. And the entire lakefront was dotted with uh, companies that were polluting the lake and removing access to to the people who lived here so there was no access to the lake where people were cut off and then uh, they became cut off economically so when i got here that that began to change the people who owned those companies started selling the cleanup happened now the lake has been uh, certified as clean and now the, the companies are gone and you can see the lake now and that's changed and so they're doing they created what what's called i don't know if you've heard of this Devin. have you heard of uh opportunity zone Opportunity Zone, is it a company? No. Okay, so let me explain it really quick. Um, the previous administration um, came up with a tax incentive for big developers to come in areas that they wouldn't touch before and say, if you invest in these areas, um, we will uh, zero capital gains at the end okay. of that, right? So if you follow all the rules and create the right funds for it, um, then it's called an opportunity fund. It costs about $25,000 to build an opportunity fund. But once you have it and you, you use it in the development here in this area, right next to the lake, there's an example of one out of four or 500 opportunity zones that are in our country. Then you pay after 10 years, zero capital gains. Mm -hmm. And they give you a six year moratorium if you sell something to invest in this zone. So you defer your capital gains for, for six years and you only pay 90% of that capital gains after the six years. So you can actually 
sell something, not not have capital gains, have it go into one of these economic zones and have it work for you for six years before you have to pay it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then after 10 years, the new value that you've appreciated in whatever development you've done pays zero capital gains as well. Well, how big is that? Well, I'll tell you how big it is in a city where you could drive everywhere and you're like, oh, my gosh, this city is barely making it. It's turned into a mecca of big development coming in. So in just one little sliver of, of our lakefront, six blocks away from where I'm at right now, they're spending half a billion dollars on new development on the lake with new marinas and it's all high tech development stuff you want to see in, even in Silicon Valley is being happening right here. Um, and that's just one little corner. We've got billions of dollars of new development coming in. We only have 36,000 people who live here. So imagine how much money is being spent per person that's here, right? And that's only about six blocks away from me. So I realized that I was competing with the big boys. So, you know, and I, you know, I did a high-end development. So when they're doing new development, new construction, I'm rehabbing a building, I'm competing with them. And I realized that one way to possibly learn some of their secrets and understand what they're doing is by promoting them. So I came up with a strategy called promote your competitor. And mm -hmm. they didn't know, they didn't see that coming. So it distinguished me. And because I started doing that, it ended up promoting the town. Investors started reaching out to me. Um, we began, began to co-brand and interact with each other's followers. And there was a love fest going on during that period of time. So I got invited into their, their rooms and they're dealing with, uh, uh, attracting capital to their developments and to be sit in on a quarter billion dollar development in, in the bankers and see what's going on and hear the numbers and understand what's happening at a much higher level is powerful. This is, there's just something you can't learn in the classroom by sitting in that room and understanding and watching how they negotiate, how they talk to each other. And it's just an amazing experience. So what it allowed me to do is be able to also compete with them for quality tenants that are coming in that are looking for the same thing. They have lakefront access. I don't. They have lake views. I don't. They have something here called the social district where you can take your alcohol out of a, a brewery or whatnot and walk out on the street with it. And so you can drink on the street and stuff like that. You can. Um, uh, so they have this kind of almost like a. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right on the street. So they have restaurants places you can work and all of that downtown, just six blocks away from me. So I need to be able to compete with them. So that's kind of how I did it, which is why I started the media company and also to inform the, the residents of all the good things that they don't know about that I'm learning about and uh -huh. distribute the knowledge to small businesses so that they could grow into bigger businesses. Uh -huh. For sure. That's, I mean, that's a, a long explanation of why the opportunities that come from marketing yourself online and branding yourself and um, even some strat like taking what he you said, for example, is like promoting your competitors um, and collaborative work and um, all the different opportunities that come from it, because you, you did that and it allowed you to see what your competitors were actually doing, where you could learn from that um, and apply it to your own business. So. That's yeah. extremely valuable. Um, what would you say for, to somebody? Um, because when you're, how did you first get started into real estate investing? Did you start before Michigan? Were you in California doing investing? Give us a little history about that. 
we're we're all kind of real estate investors, you know, and and what especially when you buy your first home, that's an investment. And mm-hmm. when you live in Silicon Valley, I think I bought my I bought my first home for one eighty seven, and sold and sold it for two something, two or three three something three something in, in the course of two years, right? And and that was like a hello, that's that's Money. cool, that like that, and then I sold. Uh, my next house, I bought it for two fifty and sold it for one point one million dollars, and mm-hmm. I, and that just you start to realize you're not getting bonuses like that at work unless you unless you work for this, a few companies, right? In yeah. certain positions. So so that just that just left me with the home is part is the quintessential part of the American dream. Apple computers, where was it started? HP, where was it started? Where are some of the greatest ideas in Silicon Valley started? It's in the home. And mm-hmm. people use their homes to generate revenue. You mm-hmm. may be at home right now. I may be at home right now. You know, this is this is uh, where my investment journey started. So I started to go into RIA uh, clubs and whatnot to be around other investors, and they share the knowledge and network. And those two things are are all you need to do to get started in uh, in real estate investing. You know, you just go straight to one of these, you know, most states and cities have these uh, RIA groups that you can join and meet up and meet physically meet with people and they get presentations on investing and you Mm -hmm. can ask anything you want to ask. And after three or four of those, you can then do your own research and and start figuring out what you want to do. So I was, I was doing really high end stuff for the company I was at. But I wasn't getting that the positions and pay I wanted to be at for the work I was doing and for mm-hmm. the benefit I was giving the company. So I said, why am I doing that for a big corporation when I should maybe be doing it for me mm-hmm. and affect people in a positive way? So that's why I ended up ultimately leaving Silicon Valley, even though I love it. I have a love for technology. I love the Bay Area. I love the melting pot of the Bay Area, but I needed to own my, I said to myself, people are asleep, sleeping. They are paying banks and they're on this treadmill. They'll never get off of it, refinancing so they can pay for the Hawaii trip or the Mexico trip. Yeah. I think uh, me, I've, I've been a very, uh, very smart. I haven't been in debt at all. Right. And I say, I talk to a lot of people that like get into debt for, well, for, you know, stupid yeah. debt when it comes to like cars or luxuries or, you know, nothing, not uh, getting into debt with for an asset that's actually going to pay them and appreciate, right? That's the right kind of debt. Mm-hmm. That's a good debt, you right? Buy your cars and pay for your, you know, credit card bills with a performing asset, right? When mm-hmm. I'm sleeping at night, my tenants are going to work and they're clocking in and they're clocking mm-hmm. out. So mm-hmm. I don't, right? Mm-hmm. What I, the amount of time I spend on my building because I rehabbed it to perfection is so small. I, I think I must spend four hours a month working. You know, uh, I, I, I take care of the landscaping. I literally live four doors down from it. So, I, so I'll get on my, my, my mower and I'll do all my properties because I literally own all the neighboring properties next to it. So I am my own neighbor. <laughs> I don't see too many other investors doing that, but I like to buy up the block. Mm-hmm. That way, and I, and I live on the same block. So, so I take care of all the properties and they stay at the same level. Mm. Okay. So 
just just so I'm on pace with you, uh, and when I wanted to know this just for myself, when you say Silicon Valley, what what city what city did you grow up in? What city were you mainly in? Because I I lived in there. San Jose. San Jose. San Jose. Shout out San Jose. Um, <laughs> what 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 part? I lived uh Stevens Creek, um Blossom Hill. What what part did you live in? Uh, so did you go to the? Did you work out over at the Hillsdale Twenty Four Hour Fitness? I worked at Equinox in Palo Alto, and I worked at Fitness Nineteen oh. in Blossom Hill, and so those are the two gyms I trained at. Trained at, and I worked at. Oh, uh, cool! I worked at Valley Fair at the mall for. Uh, you worked at Valley Fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got really bummed out when I heard that they are tearing down the uh, Winchester Mystery House. I'm oh, sorry, that they're tearing down the Winchester Movie Theaters next to the Mystery House. That that really yeah. bummed me out because. I'm a little older than you, so I saw Star Wars there and Close Encounters and all these old 80s and 70s movies out of that place. I grew up over off of First Street near downtown. Uh, well, sorry, I grew up in Willow Glen, off okay. of Minnesota, Newport Avenues, that, that little corner house right there, and went to Willow Glen, uh, everything from elementary all the way to, to high school. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, my last residence was right off of First Street near Taylor, where the old uh, city hall used to be before they moved it off of uh, Santa Clara Street in downtown. So I'm um, you know, mostly downtown the last 17 years of my life. Yeah, it's a cool area. I've uh, <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Um, okay, so just so I'm on pace with you, um, two, two investments, right? Uh, buying your own home in San Jose, one you bought it around 100-something thousand, sold it for 200, 300-something thousand. And then another one you bought at 300 or 250 and then you sold it for 150 down uh 2 on it uh did some remodeling to it uh ended up getting a mortgage uh of about i think it's just about 450 altogether when i was done with the rehab sold the property for 1.1 million dollars a few months before that it appraised for 875 and the reason i got 1.1 for it was i went to tony robbins and went to his one of his big events mm -hmm. and said, if you want to find uh, a good real estate agent, he says, just find anyone. Everybody says, oh, that's a good guy. That's a good guy. Yeah. But you'll get average to less than average results from a good real estate agent. Then he yeah. said, if you want to, you, so depending on where you were, the results, you want legendary results. Mm -hmm. You have to find someone that it's, it's a one, one real estate agent out of a million kind of thing, right? Yeah. And I said, I came back from Tony Robbins and I said, I want to sell this house for $1.1 million today at appraised at 875. We want to break some records with this house. So I started with interviewing up to 10 realtors. And I, before I interviewed them, I picked it, looked at their sales, their records, the, how many you know records did they break? And it turned out to be the same guy that sold me the house. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else told me I was crazy. This one said I'm willing to do what it takes. And literally the house sold for 1.1 mil. Yeah. And all the realtors called him when we broke that record. And that let me know that we set our expectations way too low. Mm. Mm, yeah, that's that's for sure. What what do you say about that? Because I'm a lot of real estate agents, shout out the real estate agents that are watching this. Um I'm sure. I mean, even though he get he gets paid more regardless because he sold it for more, did he have like a higher fee than the other agents or a percentage? No, you know? no, nope. it was the same. Nope. It's just as you know. It's just this. Mm -hmm. 
you're really paying for this at the, the end mindset. of the day. And, and trust me, you know, there's a lot of, of realtors and they're starting to see people just grandmothers are saying, I can do that now. You know, everybody's jumping in to become a realtor nowadays. They think it's like the panacea, you know, oh, I can make a lot of money, but it's a saturated field, you know? Yeah. It's saturated realtors. Yeah. And, you know, they pay for a lot of things. They have to pay for, you know, a lot of their leads and their advertisements and their association and dues. And, and it can be frustrating, but that's just like with anything. When I moved out here, I've never worked harder in my entire life ever. And I didn't expect that. Is to, it real estate investing? In real estate investing and also just being responsible for the lights are on here. Who's paying for that? Well, it's not a job. It's not a guaranteed paycheck I'm going to get. A lot okay. of people will go to, yeah. right? A lot of people will come out of Silicon Valley and they spend three or four hours every day looking at Facebook, right? They know that they're supposed to be doing work, but, you know, and then they sit at the coffee station a little too long and talk an hour about their weekend, right? Yeah. Their friends, stuff like that. So how productive are you really? But when it comes to you surviving and paying your own bills, you really have to get smart. You really have to pay attention. And it's no longer not just for fun. If you don't treat it like a business instead of a hobby, yeah, you may find yourself. And, and I think that realtors and brokers, it's hard to find a good broker when you're a realtor. Yeah. That yeah. will take the time to bring you in and show you their secrets. They can be competitive with their own agents. Uh -huh. So... It's uh, being a realtor to me is like running your own business. You're going to have to be competitive, you have to work hard. You know, yeah, I, I talk to hundreds of realtors, and there's even specific markets um, that, like right now, I just got off a phone call with a realtor that in, in Huntington Beach, Orange County, right, Los Angeles area. Um, yeah. There's there's more agents than there is listings. Right. Then people actually sell in their home. There's uh, and I looked it up. There's thirty nine thousand registered real estate agents in the Los Angeles County. Right. And so it definitely is a competitive market. I think a lot of people, you know, get into it because it's like a get rich quick scheme because, you know, real there is a lot of money in real estate. Um, but yeah, like it is competitive just like anything else. Like if you're going to be average or good or great or whatever, you're going to get the effort you put in. But it's like, just like what I do is competitive. It's not the, it's not the industry you're in. It's who you are. You're the one going into the industry. So how are you going to show you, Using yourself as a good example of that. There are a lot of people online doing what you're doing, but you definitely distinguish yourself. Mm -hmm. And people don't, don't always, uh, because they, they can come out of a field where they get a paycheck week to week, month to month, every two weeks. And they're jumping into a field where you don't do the right things. You're not getting paid. Yep. And that's so there's a lot of people that have materials and things out there, but if you can dial it in what works for you and and find and get around good people who will give you that what I consider also tribal knowledge, things that, that's just not written down. You just have to learn it. You mm -hmm. have to practice see someone else do it. That stuff too, you can really do well in this business because there's so many people who are not doing the right things, doing the right thing and 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 getting clear and finding your niche can be powerful and it can affect different parts of your life too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. I had uh, something else I wanted to, to say that you mentioned. Um, well, 
I can't think of it right now. So if you want to give some quick tips or it doesn't have to be too quick, um, but for people that are advice, if you had to say like your five top tips or three, whatever you got for real estate investing, what would you say? I'm going to use, I want you folks that are watching this uh, podcast right now to first off, look at what Devin's doing. He's giving out all of this positive energy and then, Let's just focus in on a few points that I have here. Number one, in Michigan, uh, they have seller financing everywhere in the United States, but we call it here. We call it land contracts here. And really what it is is a contract for the deed, right? I will pay you $100 a month for two years and then a bloom payment at the end of those two years for whatever we agree that house is worth. It's sitting there. You're not using it. You're, you know, it's a, you inherit it through say a family member passed and you're the only inheritance and you've got a full family. You don't have time to deal with this property over here. City's getting after you for long grass and all those other things. So what you can do is find the owner of that property in Michigan and talk to them about a land contract, which is commonly known actually in the state of Michigan. You can talk to people who aren't really strong in real estate and they, and they know generally what a land contract is. So you can say, I'd like to do a land contract through your property. And one thing I love about land contracts, you can go to a bank and get a loan, or you can go find the property that somebody else has already obtained through some method. And typically, they're not hard to find. You can find commercial buildings and residential buildings as well. I've seen too many people do this, and they do really amazing things with it. Then you get to negotiate the down payment. People, there's standards right that are out there. We are 20, 30% down, 33% down, yada, yada, yada. But land contracts are 100% negotiable. You could say, I'll pay you down payment in six months. I'll pay you no down payment. I'll pay you an increased monthly payment. I'll pay 3% interest. I'll pay 20% interest. I'll pay no interest. As long as both parties agree and Land contracts, you know what it's like to buy a house, especially in California. You can't see my hand here, but the paperwork's usually this thick. By the time you're done signing, you wish you never saw another piece of paper. One piece of paper called a memorandum for land contract. It stipulates the number of payments, whether it's a balloon payment, if there's a prepayment penalty, you know, if there's any interest or not, if there's a down payment or not. At the end of those payments, you get the deed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when you sign the land contract memorandum, you have something called equitable title, which means the city's going to treat you like the owner. You're going to pay the taxes. You're going to make improvements to the property. It's your house, just like it is when the bank owns it, right? Yeah. And they have to foreclose on you. So if, if you are the owner, Devin, of this house I'm buying under land contract and you agree. So can I give you an example? I went to California and I went to a RIA meeting and I started talking about Michigan. And there was a lady near there by the name of Yolanda who only had about $3,000 to spend. Okay, so this is this is just make it real for everybody on this call. And I said, I can hook you up. So she, with that $3,000, she flew to Michigan. I only had talked to her for 15 minutes. And she didn't remind me that she was coming. So I found out she was coming about an hour before her flight arrived. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what? She, she's coming now? Okay. So I took her and gave her a tour of Muskegon, where I'm at. She found a property. This is in 2015. She found a property for $9,000. Wow. 
and she paid $1,400 down <laughs> and she paid $140 a month for a three bedroom house with a two car garage that is now worth probably $115,000. Okay. And the agreement was as long as there was no renter, she paid 140. And when she got a renter, it was, she would pay $250 a month. So, and then the renter went away and she couldn't find one for a while. It went right back down to 140. That's, so that's the cable bill. bill, my friend. Yeah. That's a cable bill. What are rents like now? Renting that house now would be roughly about $1,300, $1,400 a month. Mm-hmm. How many months would it take her to pay off the land contract if she want, or if she could keep it and use it for any, any other things? But how long would it take? She get Four it done in under months. a year. Yeah. You got it. You got it, right? And she got all this she she got all this equity on top of it. So using land contracts are really powerful and it's very common in Michigan. So it's kind of exciting to be able to see if you can acquire some pieces of property and rent it out, especially in a city that's really gonna become a, a destination for people who are escaping not only the extreme weather, but affordable housing and then we have fresh water here and we're and the weather is getting milder and milder in the winter time. So we're 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 flattening out, and we also are the second largest food producer in the United States. We got water and food, and cheap housing, and beautiful lakes, and a recovering economy. So Michigan's pretty exciting. The second thing I would discuss with your list to your viewers is uh, tax foreclosures. Now, in all 50 states, uh, people's houses get foreclosed on for non-payment of property taxes. In this state, when you don't pay uh, your property taxes for over three years, it goes into tax foreclosure and the state issues what's called a sheriff deed, which is saying we are uh, taking the property uh, for taxes. So I ended up buying a four unit apartment building, 5,200 square foot building, less than a dollar per square foot at Mm -hmm. $5,000. Each unit has three bedrooms, except for one that has two. I turned one of the units into a smart apartment and I put high-end finishes around the whole building. And then I realized that, that, that I had neighbors that weren't at the same level. And so as the opportunity came, I just started buying the next house and the next house and next bring it all up. Reason I also started a media company was to promote the neighborhood and what's going on in it. And I could give tours of not only my houses, but the houses near it. And that created a tremendous investment opportunity for the neighborhood. It's now got big investors coming in doing Airbnb, uh, doing all kinds of things. There's really great buildings in this neighborhood. People are really coming in like crazy now. Now, every day, I'm getting people from around the world and from other cities coming in asking me about the, this particular neighborhood, and they're doing high-end stuff in the neighborhood now, all over the place. So by documenting that, I've improved my own equity, and because mm-hmm. I own everything next to myself, I'm just watching it go up and Monopoly. up. Monopoly. Reminds me of Monopoly. It's, it's, it's saying... You can let the market drive you or you can be the market. Yeah. You can create more. You can create equity by you're not just, a, you know, a subject to the market system. You can actually push the market to, to and shape the market as well. And that's what I've done in this particular situation. The third thing, once a property goes into tax foreclosure, it goes up for auction. That's how I was able to get this building for $5,000. I also purchased a duplex for $2,500. I purchased a single family home for $1,400. Not a gimmick. Not, I didn't go take tapes or books. Or I just found out 
that, that tax foreclosures give you this ability. And I went in and tried it and it works, right? I can help your viewers uh, if they contact me on that. Also, um, there's something called a land bank. It's the third tip I'll give you. And what a land bank is, is in, in the state of Michigan, in many uh, counties and throughout the state and cities, you will have properties that didn't sell at auction. So the year I bought my apartment building, I think they had something like, they had a couple of thousand houses. And they, they physically are just there one day to do the auction. And so how many houses sold? I want to say four or 500 houses sold that day. Did they have excess houses left over? Yes, they did. That goes into the land bank. At the time I bought my apartment building, I had a young man, 18 years old. Uh, is he 18 or 19? No, he's 21. Sorry, he's 21. He came from California and met him at a Tony Robbins event, and he wanted to check out Michigan, so I let him stay with me. And so when we found out about the land bank properties, he was able to buy his first home. And I want you to think about it. He's from California, too, from San Luis Obispo. And he bought his first home at $110 from the land bank. These are properties that didn't sell at auction. Yeah. Right? Now, do we have the same opportunities we had in 2015? No. No. But do we have tremendous opportunities still here? Yeah. Yes. And can you do cash? Can you use uh, your 401k to invest here in Michigan? Can you find opportunities here in Michigan all day long? Mm -hmm. All day long. All day long. Yep, Craig. And I'm up, guys. <laughs> so uh, that's just a little peek at, you know, and I and I do tours of my buildings. I've been on the news here, the local news as well. So you can, I do have video tours of everything I've got. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an open book. You can ask me anything and I share all of it. I want to see people get ahead. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm doing fine. You know, so if someone passes me up, Devin, you do better than me. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for seeing you go. And, you know, you show, you shout out and give me a, a network contact or, you know, or, or tell me something that you know, and I share it with other people and vice versa. That's how I work. Yeah. I mean, that's how the, the most successful people work, right? They, they're abundant. So they, they share everything they have because, Hey, winners are going to take it. And then most people won't do anything with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. So that, that was some really valuable um, stuff that you just shared. Um, well, I, I'm going to ask you, what, what what should we call, call this podcast? Is it like why you should invest in Michigan or, or invest in real estate in Michigan? Or what would you name this? Yeah, podcast? I, I think that is the, the biggest thing because and it's so funny because I get to, to play with the big boys here. And by the mm -hmm. way, we have a lot of money in Michigan. You would not imagine. We have Silicon Valley money coming here. A lot of folks that, that are CEOs over in California are buying up our lakefront properties. And, and imagine... It, whether you're in Southern California or Northern California, having ocean views, yeah, how much are, how much do those views cost if you're in Malibu? Yeah, it's insane, right? We yeah. have those insane views right here of Lake Michigan. They, it looks like an ocean. You can't see the end of it, and, and we have sand beaches. So, and and by the way, it's warmer than the California water when you get in. You know how ice cold that California water can be? Yeah. Step in, and you're like, it looks warm. It's hot. It's like 99 degrees outside. You step in the water. It's like <laughs> you stepped into the Arctic. <laughs> These lake waters are so freaking warm. It's just, it's just an amazing place. Yeah, and you're really good at marketing and promoting Michigan. So it's, it's actually, I don't know if that's why we actually got you know connected and you're down to do the execution calls because you know I just got back from Michigan and you knew you're going to be able to 
uh because that's i actually i know we've talked about this before but i actually hasn't clicked in my head that like how passionate you are from about michigan even i was kind of like don't even remember that you're in michigan until we spoke uh yesterday and then this podcast you're you're uh promoting you're promoting michigan like it's heaven so um definitely um do you want to plug where i have a uh coaching call slash sales call i got to get with the client talk about execution coaching with him um so well in the podcast but if you want to shout out um i'm also you know send me the description so i can put all of your social media or how to get in contact with you in the description but you want to shout out your businesses and where people can find you yeah there's the three simple ways you can find out all about everything i'm talking about um and there's been a lot of i've, I've gotten a lot, a lot of media attention so so you can find me on google or whatever your favorite search engine is. My first name is Craig, C-R-A-I-G, last name is Person, P-E-R-S-O-N. So just put Craig Person Muskegon. Muskegon is spelled M-U-S-K-E-G-O-N. Those three magic words on, in Google and it all is there. The other way you can find me is to go on Facebook and look for C-W-C-TV. I started a, a kind of a podcast, um, way back in 2000 called coffee with craig Mm -hmm. and so this became the coffee with craig kind of network platform for me so cwc is coffee with craig dash tv so cwc tv search for that follow it i do high-end programs and and editing and production i'm uh working with other producers uh and other people that are doing social media stuff i'm really hoping that i get to work more with Devin because he you want to know the the reason for me that we met is because you are so on top of your game, brother. You are so on top of your game that I couldn't help but to notice it. And I said, there's more behind this young man. He's he's doing things I wish I could see more young people. And I could see it. I can sense that you're doing something really, really big and that you're you're the people that are passionate about what, what Devin is doing are following you because you are doing some big things. And that's and and I and I'm a humble person. And I like to learn from all kinds of people from all kinds of situations. So, um, and I, a big shout out to you, Devin. Thanks for that. The other way you can get a hold of me is to look up my uh, other business. It's called Blue House Investment Group. And all you have to do is go to bluehouseinvestor.com. That's bluehouseinvestor with no S at the end, .com. And I have videos and media and real estate tips. Everything I'm telling you now goes into far more detail in all those platforms. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate the the shout out. Appreciate you too, brother. Definitely, definitely see you uh, doing some huge things, obviously, from this podcast. And I think everyone listening today is inspired to move to Michigan. And uh, hopefully you are interested in, in getting contact with Craig. Um, yeah, so we're definitely going to put all that stuff in the description for all of you guys uh, that didn't just catch it off the audio. Um, you guys can just look that up right there. I'll be there in the description. And um yeah, I appreciate you having you on, man. Uh, it was a pleasure right. as always. Um, I look forward to possibly having you on again in the future, and I definitely would love to be on your uh, Craig with Coffee TV show sometime. It's going to happen. We'll do it. <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate it. For all the viewers, the only thing uh, I uh, ask for you guys, other than checking out Craig and getting in contact with him to move to Michigan and start investing in Michigan, is if you got some value from this guys just just uh share this uh this video with other family and friends uh business partners people that you think would get some value and want to learn more about 
uh, investing in real estate specifically uh, for really cheap and uh, in Michigan. Uh, definitely share that with some family and friends. Appreciate it, guys. Cool, man. Well, I'll talk to you and see you soon. Have a good one, man. Bye-bye.